She's the bootleg Michelle Visage to my bargain basement RuPaul for any choy. And there are Brooklyn Heights in the streets, Jiggly Caliente in the bathroom, Danette Smith. <laughs> and you're listening to Verses, the podcast where poets confront the ideas that move them. Brought to you by the Poetry Foundation and Post Loudness. We talk so much about RuPaul's Drag Race on this show. <laughs> it's true. It's like half a poetry podcast, half a drag race recap show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wait, okay. Drag Race fan, Drag Race fan. Yes. Right? So you're on Drag Race season 45. Now yes. that's what I call Drag Race 45,000. <laughs> yes. The year is 2000 and never. <laughs> um, who are you playing on Snatch Game? Oh, God, my Snatch Game character. Okay, this is a thing that if you watch the show, you probably like have thought about like, oh my God, who would I do? Mm -hmm. The trick is always to do someone that is like you, but to do a weird take on them, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know, maybe I would just be like postpartum Ali Wong. Postpartum Ali Wong, okay. (laughs) Postpartum depression Ali Wong Snatch Game. Love it. It might flop, it might but flop. we'll try it. Yeah, <laughs> Why yeah, not? Yeah. What about you? Um, it's funny that you like put like a caveat on a character because that's my snatch game <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. My ultimate snatch game, and it's a redemption, okay. actually. I want to do Beyonce, Beyonce. Oh my god, at sure? home. Oh. And I think <laughs> because Beyonce with braids with like braids and like oh totally god. like an exaggerated like Southern mother, pretty much. Oh my god. Because Beyonce, like in public, is actually not that freaking interesting. Yeah. She like, you know, She's perfect she's She's perfect perfect. yeah you know and even when she tells you she's imperfect she's perfect while doing it yeah and so you need like beyonce with her shoes off with some braids in her hair you know just like blue ivy but you know that's a great call like i think it would actually work really well i think so and you know but also the thing is that like this is a critique that happened i see on the internet that i think is totally true is that Mm. like when people think about drag their idea of it is limited to drag race, right? Yeah. But there's, of course, like obviously drag as a practice mm-hmm. and as an art form mm-hmm. is like so much more expansive than that, right? And, surely, surely. Yeah. Support your local queens out there, y'all. Yes. Shout out to Victoria DeVille, my favorite drag queen yes, in Minnesota. Yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. We are really excited to talk to somebody who we are in community with, mm-hmm. um, who is an incredible drag performer, mm-hmm. performs with the collective Switch and Play, and is also an amazing poet who we love very much. And we are talking, of course, about poet and drag performer Wo Chan. Yes. Wo is a queer poet and drag performer living in Brooklyn. Wo has received fellowships from the New York Foundation for the Arts, Kudiman, and the Asian American Writers Workshop. As a member of Switch and Play, Wo has performed in venues including the Whitney, National Sawdust, New York Live Arts, and Bam Fisher. Find out more at The Illustrious Pearl on Twitter. We were really excited to record this episode, um, amongst a few others, at the Asian American Literature Festival in D.C. at the Eaton Hotel. Um, and since we are in a hotel recording studio, you might hear a little bit of noise in the background. Just, uh, go with it. <laughs> yeah, go with it. Go with it. Keep crying. Keep on applying your makeup while you're listening to this. Spoiler alert. This is the first episode where we had to take a break because literally everyone was crying in the yeah. studio. So get ready, y'all. Yeah. And now let's let Will start us off with a poem. Performing Miss America at Bushwig 2018, then chilling. Breathed some reddish dolphins, these bare feet busted through. Tore my capezios unmoisturized, they join your pilgrim black boot. Oh, my mammal, the wide weekend's long disclosure of drugs drawn precious, depressed, high function, high anxious. 2018 gifts us fed dossiers on our stupendous thumbs down needs. You need therapy. I need money. 
we ditch our brains, unable to shred the fog of futures where civics, passion, paycheck, and pleasure meet. Hours ago, we ran late through slashing rain on Smith, tumbling you, your sister, family in the Uber XL backseat, helped me paste a glittering red America on my toilet paper sash. We made it early at Bushwig, barely attended. I exploded the bouquet, rolled nakedly on stage. I didn't expect to make $14 cash crumpled. I took mushrooms as planned. Time unclenched. I found you, sipping rosé back bar. I was so happy. Joy was flapping its wings in the dust bath. You said I didn't seem different, but by then I could no longer bear violence, however simulated. I wanted only to see soft things. Your empath friend, our lady of paradise, gives guided meditations, undoing some violence in synchrony. She sings under the megawatts of her holographic leotard. New songs about her gender dysphoria. My smile pancakes beyond the edges of my cousin art face. She's so great, I say, stretching like an accordion. How useful are words by now. By then I had lost the white pearls glued on my decollete. They dropped far like seeds from a seagull's asshole. Thinking about a feeling is like photocopying a feeling. That scanning light is safe. My braggart brain is fearless, yet I wear my heart smeared across my face, waiting for the all-gender bathrooms with you. I just wanted to sit and melt like Kerrygold into your fur coat. You said it was real. I knew that. I felt it. Oof. Um, it is such a good thing to get to share this space with you here at mm-hmm. the Asian America Literature Festival in D.C. <laughs> hey. Um, what is moving you these days? I feel like my, my like mode is always motion. So mm-hmm. the thing I really value is when something actually slows me down or right. stops me, you know, like because I use motion as a way to escape emotional pain I'm going through. So when someone gives me an insight or I get to like slow down and think about my feelings that's the thing i really value Mm. so what's slowing you recently Mm, that's a good question um i've learned to like invest in therapy and Mm. when i go to therapy i think a lot about providing for myself Mm. um last year was all about like idea of like what is mourning and like Mm. what do i have to mourn Mm. because like otherwise why do i feel so terrible all the time (sighs) and um I'm thinking this year about uh, nurturance and in relationship to like nurturance that I felt like I didn't get as a child mm. and thinking about how to do that for myself now. Mm. That's really beautiful. One of my favorite other podcasts that's not ours. Uh, on the re- <laughs> There are other podcasts besides ours? <laughs> yeah, you, everybody over the age of 27 at least has a two episodes of a podcast. Uh, <laughs> I want to make a podcast. You should you're, make you're, a podcast. You're at the age. Yeah. You're at the age. It's, <laughs> it's time. It's time. That's what happens on your Saturn's return. Saturn returns with a podcast for you. Um <laughs> But <laughs> but on the read, um, Crystal always um, talks about this thing she learned in therapy, which is about how to parent the self, right? Mm-hmm. Treating your little six-year-old baby self and mm-hmm. what do you need? What have you been giving your, your, your kid self lately? When I'm at my worst, I feel like I'm the most petulant child, you know? And I like mm-hmm. can't differentiate between my needs and my wants. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like if I can't differentiate it, everything is a need. I need everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I need mm-hmm. your attention. I need French toast in bed. Like, I need, <laughs> you know, these like ridiculous things. And it makes me feel like a monster, right? So mm-hmm. it's just like, and then in, and then in turn, it makes me feel like completely unlovable yeah. because it's like no one can actually provide that much. Mm-hmm. My therapist always 
catches me trying to fix this problem, mm-hmm. asking like, "So what do I do now?" Before I actually like feel my feelings all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why poetry is so great, and in a way, kind of drag as well. Mm-hmm. That it's like it is this dedicated space, um, whatever the container is, to feel a feeling all the way through, mm-hmm. and not bullshit about it, right? Even though if it's a performance, you still have to, in some way, surprise yourself mm-hmm. about what you're feeling and mm-hmm. be uncomfortable with it yeah. in a way. Yeah. Can you talk a little more about what that looks like to feel a feeling all the way through in drag? Yeah. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So sometimes before I go on stage, one of the hardest things is to be open, especially when you do it often enough where hmm. it becomes muscle memory, right? Which hmm. is good. Muscle hmm. memory is good. It means that you could be the most depressed person in the world and still like give a show, earn mm-hmm. your paycheck, mm-hmm. be in that way a professional. Yeah. But what can also happen when you do that is uh, you close off mm-hmm. and it feels terrible. Even if people come up to you afterwards, they're like, that was so great. I'm so inspired. You're so great. And it, you just feel dead inside. And you're mm-hmm. like, why am I the worst person in the world that I can't have this gratitude for the thing that I love to do? Mm-hmm. Before I go on stage, I practice this thing where I just say to myself, Wo Chan, you are about to receive love. You know? <laughs> Which is oh like, Wo Chan. <laughs> Chan, you are about yeah. to receive love. Calm down, stand there, smile really try to look at all the faces in the audience and be thankful for it, you know, mm. and learn to open yourself and receive love in that way. At least for me, it's so easy to like, be like, no, I can't, I can't take this right now. I can't, I can't be open to this many people. It, mm. like, it feels like too much. Mm. I think that's fundamental in feeling everything is to be able to, at least in a performance sense, open yourself up to uh, hundreds of people and let them love you in the way that you've asked for. Mm. Is there anything like that feeling in poems for you? Poems are weird, right? Because they're kind of asynchronous. You write it, seven years later, someone finds it and it it changes their life. And you're like, that's not even me anymore. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm embarrassed by that poem. Mm -hmm. But it it was someone else's saving Mm -hmm. piece of whatever totem that they carried in their pocket. Mm -hmm. It's a little more manageable in that way. Mm -hmm. I think it is the same it's like a Tylenol slow release pill, you know? <laughs> and then with performance, it's all at once. So whatever yeah. you need to get from that moment, the audience will co-sign mm-hmm. and be with you on that mm-hmm. and be with you with your feelings on that. Yeah. Maybe the challenge with poetry is to stay open to the person that you were when you wrote that hmm. you know? and not just disown your own old stuff. To not edit into a new you. Yeah, to, yeah, like, well, that, mm-hmm. that's not me. I mean, because it's not, it's yeah. very not self-compassionate to be like, oh, I'm embarrassed by that. I was like, well, that was you. You were proud of that. Mm-hmm. And that's mm. important that you accept that as well. Mm. Yeah. Oh. What about in the act of writing? Is there any sort of parallel to that moment of having to say, Wo Chan, you are about to receive love that you have to do in order to write the poem? I'm like a very mental person. Like I'm very in my brain about a lot of things. I Mm -hmm. I try to fix everything with like a strategy or a thought or Mm -hmm. like, and not really checking in with my heart. Right. Mm -hmm. So. Which is Zodiac sign? I'm a Scorpio. Ooh. Oh, interesting. Mm. Capricorn rising. Ah, me too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wait, the rising? The rising. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The way I do it with that is like, I kind of trick myself by playing games, like engaging in forms Mm -hmm. and like, Hmm. it's hard to use the brain to speak to the brain right in this way because it's like i don't even believe what i'm saying sometimes when i'm trying to coach myself like verbally Hmm. with drag it's different because it's like your body is in front of hundreds of people right Hmm. so it's like whatever like hormones your body are producing to like get you open Mm -hmm. that's gonna do the trick but when you're like writing and uh thinking about your thoughts Mm -hmm. it's easy to 
kind of tell yourself the lies that you need to know mm. or like justify a line by saying like oh well it's beautiful but it might not be true mm-hmm. to how you're actually feeling or yeah. what you what your heart is like actually thinking you know mm. that's so interesting like that in drag you have to use the brain to coach the body or like mm-hmm. like brain as like a way to solve like the problems of the of the body um sitting in the room by yourself if the body's not part of the equation it becomes like a closed loop, right? Mm-hmm. What I hear is that like, there needs to be a body in the room to manipulate so that that isn't a closed loop. And then that, that like the form becomes that body. Mm. Um, that's so fascinating to me. That's well put. I've never heard it put that way, but it makes a lot of sense to me. I write a lot in form. Um, the poem I read earlier was a double sonnet. In the very beginning, I was just drawn to it because it just felt like a game. Like mm-hmm. I used to be like president of the Scrabble Club in high school. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like a like a big game person. Wait, first of all, amazing that your high school had a Scrabble, Scrabble Club, Club, and then also that it had a president. No, I started it though. You- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to be a leader, you have to you have to start. Be that. the change you literally want to see in the world. You know. <laughs> Make your kingdom, then be its king. Yeah, 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 yeah. So manipulating the body on the page, I think, is a is a way to like mm-hmm. at least give me some resistance mm-hmm. so that I can't tell myself lies. Where it's like, well, you know what? That doesn't even mm-hmm. fit in the line. Yeah. So what are you trying? Well, like, how are you going to try to say that to the people when yeah. it doesn't fit in the line? Mm-hmm. So, well, you don't feel like the form makes it so. I sometimes I feel like I lie more when I'm informed because mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, it fits the meter, so I guess it's close oh, enough to be so true. I feel so much differently. Really? I feel forced towards the truth in form. Really? Yeah, Why? I think it is that form of constraint because. Um, I feel like I have an easier time lying when I have all the tools of poetry at my discretion uh-huh. to make those choices. And so uh-huh. can I hide my lie in a line break? Can I hide it in rhythm? Can I hide it in all these other type yeah, of things yeah. where what form does is provide you that body in which to perform in? Mm-hmm. Um, then for me, it's it, there's less space to mm. tell a lie because the shape has already been determined for you. Yeah. And so now I'm allegiant to something and it's pulling me. Mm. Um, and maybe that helps me pull it out more. That's been my experience with form is that form sort of most of the time acts as an engine towards that truth because maybe because there's less stuff on my mind. And so I'm looking for less ways to lie. I mean, that makes sense to me. I just don't now, now I'm like, am I lying right now about how I feel about form? I don't know. I don't know (laughs) anything anymore. (laughs) Also the thing about form is that you're forced in the conversation with everyone else who has written that form, right? So are you going to like lie in that tradition Mm. with the people that you respect? (laughs) Uh, Are you going to lie to Shakespeare right now? All them damn sign is just for your way has to show up here. <laughs> but it, it's it's also I think it's related to drag in a w- same way, right? Because when you do drag, and for me, I, I engage with the femme, the feminine, mm-hmm. right? So, and I think the femme is divine. Mm-hmm. I strive really hard to not do anything misogynistic or violent mm-hmm. when I'm in drag. I don't want to. There are people who do certain things that come across as misogynistic, mm-hmm. and maybe they're not intending to, but it comes across as violent and in a way where it's just like yeah. i don't want to do that when i'm taking it's a mockery form. of the feminine right of oh, I see. Yeah. in some ways yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah like i don't want to do that when i'm in conversation with everyone that i love you know mm. so then it's like traditional form or like like a kind of drag for like the poem Ooh, yes i think so yeah is that yeah yeah i started writing in received form when i was at uva mm-hmm. studying poetry mm-hmm. i don't know whether this was true or if it was just something i convinced myself of but i've felt like I studied a certain canon and it was like nobody looked like me thought about the had the same type of life experience as I did Mm -hmm. 
I love the language. I, mm-hmm. I love reading, but the subject-wise, it was very disconnected mm-hmm. from uh, my actual life experience. And like all throughout college, I was recommended two different authors, right? Mark Doty on one hand, mm-hmm. uh, because he was gay. Yeah, that's like the gay. Yeah. And then the <laughs> other hand was Lee and Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm just yeah. like, <laughs> I'm just like, why? This is so weird. It's like, why am I being torn apart in this way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but when I started writing in form, it was almost kind of like an F you, you know, it was like, mm-hmm. you know, I can do this. I can like play this game. Mm-hmm. I can write about like shaving my asshole in a sonnet if yeah. I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And I did. And <laughs> 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 but what I noticed is that like, it's the same thing that happened when I started doing drag is that like, I could walk into a bar and as not done up or anything. And no one would pay attention to me, mm. right? Mm-hmm. This was in Charlottesville, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you weren't like a white twink or, or like preppy or like whatever in that way, mm-hmm. people, no one pays attention to you. Yeah, I'm a Madison, Wisconsin version of that. <laughs> but the moment I stepped in in drag, people were like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, I like moved closer, I think, towards a certain, I think, whiteness or mm-hmm. like a certain artsy or aestheticness or cap- cultural capital whatever mm-hmm. it is and suddenly people started paying attention to me mm-hmm. in this space i don't think it's hard to draw parallels when it comes to re- writing received form as mm-hmm. well but that was a long time ago mm-hmm. and i i've tried to make that practice into something else yeah. at least mm-hmm. i'm wondering because we're talking about drag as form right now and i'm also wondering because drag for me i think the easier tie for me to make it is not to form but to persona you know, we were also talking about this idea of the lie. Maybe this is not true, but to me, it would seem like drag is to wear and then convince you that this lie is so real that it's true in a way. Um, at least when I think maybe I might, I might have a limited definition of drag, but I think the one that's like coming into front of my mind is like female illusion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in drag, where you're maybe like disappearing into character or disappearing into illusion, is there anything that is illuminated for you about the self or about your world that is during that act of performance or getting ready for drag? that feels maybe more true than the unadorned whoa yeah my drag tagline is uh the non-binary verse top poet of drag um (laughs) and i feel i don't know we gotta let that sink in hold on yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. gender is a construct topping is not (laughs) (laughs) fuck gender binaries but are you a top or bottom I never felt like I like disappeared or like had like a switch over right when I would do drag, but it's, it's not. Something... Yeah, the wig doesn't go on. It's like I am right, and I think out. maybe okay. maybe that's partially because I am non-binary and I don't mm. I don't identify as a cis man. That whole like switch over doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But I think if I'm to to really examine my experience of getting into drag, I think on a very basic level, it reminds me that like I can be powerful mm-hmm. you know? and that I I am powerful and I can speak powerfully and mm-hmm. I can take up space in a very beautiful way mm. that's the thing i can always do mm-hmm. you know transform into mm-hmm. this inner being that yeah. comes out right mm. sometimes i talk about drag in the way that like the drag is not for me it's for other people it's like a mm. it's like a visual aid for them to be like <gasps> uh i made this hair like i i put this costume together i did this makeup this is all part of me mm. um and now I'm translating for you to see hmm. that this is who I am. I've never heard anybody talk about drag that way. Yeah. It's just... And it's it's vulnerable too, right? Because mm-hmm. you suddenly put 
everything you do on display, like very literally on display. Mm-hmm. And there's another part of me maybe reaching back into like thinking about like how we mourn childhood. There's an apologetic play in that way to say like there mm-hmm. is this me that is adorned, that is fantastic, that <laughs> is out of this world. And like I'm not showing you alternative. I'm showing you deeper. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to cry. <laughs> you can cry. Okay. I might. Okay. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, can we talk more about childlike play and like how it relates to both drag and writing mm, yeah i'm still trying to figure out how my childhood ties in with drag yeah. i'm still very much in the beginning processes of thinking about my childhood and like being really honest about it you know i think some people mm. die convinced that they had a great childhood and yet live lives that are terrible uh, as a direct result of mm-hmm. having unexamined childhood that mm-hmm. wasn't the best right mm-hmm. and i think that's a lot of the work of growing older and thinking about your inner life is that like truly like what type of childhood did I have mm-hmm. for the longest time I always when I when I would describe like the fundamental feeling of my childhood I would use the word boredom like I was really bored I grew mm-hmm. up in a Chinese restaurant my parents owned it I had three older brothers everyone in my family worked at the restaurant mm-hmm. I was where did, uh, where did you grow up? I grew up in Fredericksburg Virginia okay Everyone was older than me. They all worked. And I was spared from working because I was the youngest. I was like nine. So couldn't see above the counter. So I, I sat like at table A4, which is like the, the furthest back table. And I would, that was like, quote unquote, my office. And I would, <laughs> and I would read books from the public library. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of like my way of connecting to anything. Mm-hmm. It was like no one had time for me. And mm-hmm. I was so overprotected. I wasn't signed up for any clubs or anything. So I would say, oh, my childhood, my fundamental feeling was boredom. But like, what is boredom? You know, like, mm-hmm. boredom is a form of disconnect. Mm-hmm. So I was like very lonely, essentially, in my childhood, which is like, duh, you know, <laughs> like it's so obvious. But I couldn't confront that fact that I was mm-hmm. like painfully alone wow. most of the time. Yeah, And I was like so starved for a connection to like any other person or any culture or friendship or mm-hmm. like arts or anything you know Mm. i wasn't put into any of that Mm. Mm. has that loneliness been showing up in your in poetry i think the way that loneliness interacts with writing at least for me is that i can use my current adult mind to visit that loneliness Mm. and try to like give it some form you know and give it some direction if i think about my loneliness if i like close my eyes and think about it like this is just this weird floating cloud right Mm -hmm. so it's like if i were actually to put myself back there like what would i find Mm. Mm. and that's something you can only do looking back with all your intelligences and all your Mm -hmm. mental faculties Mm. that you have today and go back and revisit that and see what surprises you about it you know Mm. what surprises me about it i've been finding a lot of what i imagine to be my mother's disappointment in herself like my parents Mm. disappointment Mm -hmm. and their sadness Mm. and like having lost the chance for them to be parents to me Hmm. that's what really really gets me it's like man i think my mom really wanted to be like an involved mother Hmm. but couldn't and i think she really loved being a mother and she like lost that chance with me because she was always working it's not about me when i think about my loneliness it's like about the mom and dad that my parents couldn't be Hmm. and maybe how they feel about it oh man now I got to call my dad. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's totally me and my father, I think. you know, Every time we talk, I think we both feel like the years that we missed mm-hmm. um, in the silences, you know? Which makes the great moments that much sadder. It's like, oh, how many of these have we missed? Oh. 
you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's been making me think a lot about what love is, you know, like mm. what is the love that I can understand, you know? Because I think mm. it's different for everyone, right? Mm. What is that Frank Bedart line? Love is the distance between you and what you love. What you love is your fate. Like, mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> in psychoanalysis, people say that like love is my lack communicating with your lack. <laughs> which, oh. I feel like for my mother, like the type of love that I valued most was her attempt to communicate through her lack. I didn't really have very much as a kid, right? So uh, I remember once having like these toy like horses and like Native American figures, mm-hmm. just like random plastic things and playing with them. And my mom was like, I bought them for you. But I knew she was lying because I knew they were my cousins <laughs> and that like she had just like passed them down to me. Mm-hmm. But but I was like, it's fine. Like I didn't call her on her lie because I know she really wanted to say that. And then Later, when um, she knew that I knew, she came back to me and she like bent down to my level and said that like, I said that because I want to buy you toys and like, I do want to like buy you these things. And that's what I remember from that day. Not that her, not that she lied to me earlier, but, yeah. bec- but that she came back and tried to tell me like what was in her heart. Yeah. Damn well, damn well's mom. Damn well's mom. We're just going to take a quick cry break. <laughs> and uh, after, when we come back, we'll play a game. Ah. All right, and we're back. Hello. <laughs> we're back. Done crying. All right, so where, where are we actually jumping in from? I think we're fine. I mean, it's not even two yet, and I've told my whole life story. <laughs> I think I've got, got, I got to live more life if I got to produce content like this for this age. <laughs> I think we hit everything. Is there Probably anything you all want to talk about? No, there Any, was like, like, I think your list kind of, I mean, sure, I'm always down to share some makeup tips I mean, <laughs> or to receive them. How is, your, <laughs> how is your drag journey going? You know, um, okay, so, what are your, your drag oh, journeys? Drag drag journey. So, so TBH, um, I have the Facebook message to prove it. Me and Human Win uh, decided a couple years ago that we were going to do drag. I've honestly been too scared to. Um, not scared, lazy. <laughs> and, um, but woe is officially me and Hugh's drag mother. It is in the history books for when we start. I would love to play with makeup together yeah. do your makeup and stuff yeah yeah i open offer yeah for please sure. um i mean i have a lot of makeup and like when i'm like at my most bored but also like not scared of like fucking up i don't every time i like start to put makeup on my face i just like get so scared it is really scary i think it's the eyebrows that like yeah. that's where my confidence just like falls down and i'm just like i don't it is i'm, really I'm the ugliest scary. woman in the world like blocking them not block it. I can block them. Actually drawing the eyebrow. Like oh. once my eyebrow's gone and like underneath and waiting for me to draw it on, I'm yeah. like, I realize I've never known what an eyebrow looks like. But I have been seeing a lot more drag queens who are like, I don't know how to do eyebrows. So I'm just doing crazy shit right here. And I'm like, oh, maybe like squiggles is the way to go. Yeah. Oh. There's also or, like, st- I don't know. Is it cheating to use stencils? No, like, it's not cheating to use a stencil. There's like stencils, you mm-hmm. know, right? I think if you just... uh follow the ridge of your brow bone mm-hmm. with the brush and just let it fall mm-hmm. on top of the brow just use this as like the bottom base Ooh, guideline okay that can help if you want to draw over like on top just mm-hmm. like use the architecture of your face as mm-hmm. a guideline okay mm-hmm. okay yeah. cool but i love drag because i think i'm attracted so much to the performance part of drag mm-hmm. you know i do it in my house all the time i just like put on my heels and like throw on some shaka khan like love that life mm-hmm. um I don't know what it is a fear of. Maybe it's a fear of a complete submission into femininity mm. um, that I fear. I don't, or, or, but I also desire so much. Mm. There's so much still like family shame about like being, you know, the little boy spinning in a dress that I feel. Sure. And, you know, I've, I've been thinking a lot about like my own non-binariness and like 
sort of how to even be recognized as non-binary in the world, especially within a male body, means to hyper-feminize mm. yourself in some ways. Yeah. And like heels have been a small kind of freedom in that way where, you know, and there are many ways I feel more tomboyish than anything and like the heels allow for that. But whenever I'm at like my most femme, I still feel like there's like a family member waiting around the corner that's waiting to ruin everything. And it's like, that also feels like the final gate for my family. It's just like, okay, mm. we've accepted that you're gay. We've accepted that you're HIV positive. My mom knows I'm non-binary, even though she just says my son is non-binary. <laughs> like he's non-binary. He goes by they. Um, and it's the cutest little old lady thing. And I don't know if it is femphobia in myself, you know, and like what is that final step towards like uh, a fuller representation of femininity that mm. still I feel so tied up and away from. Yeah. There's so much feminist like incorporated into your everyday life in small ways. Mm-hmm. Like, there's still shit that we're fighting, like, mm-hmm. always, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think also another thing about drag that's underestimated is that, like, you really, it's like you said, there's a submission, right? Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. you have to obliterate the features of your face. Mm-hmm. You have, you, you singe and you wrap and you, like, add things on, and it's very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to give away the entity that you are to mm-hmm. like be this other uncomfortable being. Mm-hmm. And I think people don't realize, but they're actually really attached to their own faces, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And it's scary to look into the mirror and not recognize. So to see like this featureless like eyeballs floating, <laughs> nostrils, like no eyebrows, nothingness, yeah. and be okay with it. You mm-hmm. know? And also like I've done drag a couple times before. Maybe it's even scary like how free you can kind of feel when physically you feel furthest from how you actually look throughout mm-hmm. the day and it's just like like the few times i've done drag i want some money too i don't know you're you're almost drunk with it yeah yeah mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. but i believe that's always a part of like the range of a, a person's expression you know i don't sign on to the idea that like drag is someone else i think that it, yeah. i think it's all within you yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think in college i like had a period where i was like, experimenting with doing more like drag kinging stuff it was like fucking terrifying but also by when i say by like a few times i mean like one time i went to get cigarettes as a boy it was like the scariest thing i've ever done it's like being seen and also being clocked as like not the thing that you're Mm -hmm. trying to like present Mm -hmm. both of those at the same time was like fucking terrifying for me Mm. also like i think that with kinging it was it's like almost making yourself not uglier but like kind of coming less like fabulous and visible and pretty and like you know blurring yourself into masculinity yeah and and i think that was like it was really uncomfortable for me and also like really thrilling you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you like work with a lot of drag kings right i do yeah yeah i mean the lines of like gender are so blurry we're like very mixed gender everything Mm -hmm. like no one does one thing purely you Mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. so that's been a really great space for me to like be a non-binary drag queen, yeah, drag sure. performer, yeah, and just yeah. like do what I do and not be questioned about it. Right. Mm-hmm. On every episode, we have a great tradition passed down from our ancestors. Um, where we play a game called This Versus That, where we're gonna put all things considered. <laughs> uh, Prairie Home Companion. Oh my god. <laughs> Thanks, Mom and Dad. Rap City the Basement. Uh, <laughs> TRL. <laughs> and 
and the library. Uh, but no, uh, it's called This Versus That, where we're going to put two, uh, you know, persons, peoples, places, or things, you know, nouns, um, in contention. You tell us who would win in a game of fisticuffs. For today's This Versus That, it's a grand battle where we have an army of famous drag queen Vanessa Vanjie Mateos versus an army of famous poet Reggie Kabikos. <laughs> who wins in a So like 300, like Legion? Yeah. Like. We could do a one-on-one fight between them, but imagine how Banji would help Banji fight. Yeah. And imagine mini Reggie Kabikos advancing towards you. Yeah. Man. The Banjis can have different outfits on and stuff like that. They can Ooh. have different utilities, right? So this is a secret thing I kind of know about Reggie, is that he's so, like a shy person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Really? I don't know if Banji is shy. I think so. Off camera? Off camera, maybe? She comes off as a softie. Oh, when yeah, like not on the actual Did you see that post she made no. recently on Instagram? It was like, happy Valentine's Day. And it was like very naked. <laughs> this is fancy. Like body not naked? Much, yeah, very okay. much naked. Okay. You check out. Um, <laughs> let's see. Who would win in this fight? I don't know. I'm picturing some like choreography for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm picturing like the slow motion, like red cliffs of like Sparta. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Reggie would be wearing many different flowing types of gowns. Mm-hmm. Okay. And mm-hmm. uh, Vanjie has on like bathing suits, right? But like yep. different colors as <laughs> yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot some of Some have trains, some, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I think, okay, I think the Reggies would win. Okay. But I think the Vanjie would have the best exit, the best goodbye, sure, sure. you know? Sure, mm-hmm. sure. The best death scene yeah. mm-hmm. that would yeah. be like memed about and talked about yeah. forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like in 300, right? Yeah. So like, the last Vanji just falling down after Reggie kicked her in the chest. Just, yeah. just Vanji, 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 Vanji. <laughs> but I think it will be a very close fight. There will be unnecessary casualties on both sides. For sure. <laughs> we lost so many Vanessa Vanji potatoes. <laughs> so many more than we needed. So many more than we needed. Exactly. When will we stop the senseless attack on Vanjis? <laughs> First they came for Vanji and I said nothing. <laughs> and then they came for Vanji and I said, said nothing. nothing. <laughs> All right. oh my God. It was, okay. <laughs> well, would you close this out with one last poem? Oh my God, I'm supposed to read another poem. Okay, um, yeah, let's read it. Or would you just like to lip sync in front of it? <laughs> <laughs> that um, silence is is well lip syncing to nothing. Yeah. yeah, I saw "Man, I Feel Like a Woman" by Shania Twain. Oh, thank you, mm-hmm. thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. This poem is titled. People like you more than you know. Mm. No wrong falls dirt on the ass planted pasta sauce squat kinky mid Broadway starching scritch scratch zucchettes yodel plentitude in their trader joyful cooler bag strapped in street picked blue. Oh, she thinks it is autumn in her unstoned tracksuit. She commutes long distances with her analyst flatbush friend, a butternut dildo squash. She wears vertical houndstooth. Slices vertical, Akira, Akira plus Zook. The conversation on mothers is not going well. Freewheeling, they do not heal fast enough. She doesn't call. She's hung up on some, if not, oh, definitely the same childhood. She misses the thickness. She admits life clenching is her own genius so angry. It snags the oil-slicked cradle of fish unblinking. Casts a blue shade from bluer Tyvek is the flag Letting the ground zero sight of all feelings begs for belief. I want tonight to soften its eyes on the unionized forest. 
I want the water to unbraid itself limp and clear. I love my neoclassical marbled eye rounds. I love this body made of bones, aluminium, the recycled rubber of old doorstops. I have wanted to not exist, and I have wanted to be her. I have wanted some epic use for my excellent enjammed body. I want the water to soften on the unionized forest. I want the clear night to limp into my eyes. Ooh, that was a rough one. <laughs> well, in the best way. A rough and beautiful. Yeah. I feel really lucky to have gotten a chance to talk to Wo about so many of the things. And also, like, to get especially into that conversation about love and mm-hmm. about how we allow ourselves to accept love or okay, give I'm gonna cry love. Again. Okay, keep it together. I will. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> I don't promise. So much love in the chilies tonight. <laughs> Can you feel the love in this chilies tonight? <laughs> um, so this conversation of love languages came up. Mm-hmm. What are your love languages? Oh, me? great. This is great. Okay. If you're trying to flirt with me in the future, please take notes. Um, so the five love languages, just so folks know out there, yes. physical touch, mm-hmm. quality time, yep. gift giving, acts, uh, of service, acts of service, words of affirmation. And words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. Um because I am a Leo, she I sure I love a word of affirmation. Yep. It makes it makes my fire blaze. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, quality. By the way, you look really good today. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I mean it's it. Leo season, you know, <laughs> it's shining upon us. It sure uh, is. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Thank you. You look so cute too. Um, but no, it's quality time and touch and words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. They're like all my like three that are close to the top. Hang out in a bathtub. Get complimented. Yeah, you know, yeah. Right. Which is also why like long distance relationships are so hard for me. Yeah. Because yeah. it's sort of like, you know, out of touch, out of mind. That's mm-hmm. so real. I think that words of affirmation for me are up there for how to, how I receive love. Mm-hmm. Because also your love languages are different for how you receive it versus how you show it, right? Right. I'm an um, acts of service in showing it. Right. Sometimes I wish that I didn't need words of affirmation so much. Mm-hmm. It feels shallow, but that's what I need in order to like feel mm-hmm. secure. Yeah. Um, and acts of service I love and appreciate, but they also make me really nervous. Like I'm, I worry about whether something is uneven in our uh, relationship. Ah, where she starts to feel indebted. Yeah, and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The balance in acts of service is really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then for how I how I give love, I don't know. Touch words of affirmation. I you know what I don't understand? What? Gift giving. I kind of get it. Both. I, I don't like. I don't. I'm not. I mean, I'm a horrible gift giver, mm-hmm. and also like the act of getting a gift is like. Yeah, to me. Uh, Getting gifts, like, whatever. But I love spending several months thinking about, like, what would be a great thing Hmm. to give this person to show Hmm. them that I love them. And also, I like just, like, coming back from the store and being like, I thought that you might, like, want a granola bar or whatever. Like, oh, or, is that you know, gift giving? I don't know. Yeah. Or like I saw this kind of shirt and it made me think of you. And so I got it for I'm you. I'm good at that. Like right. I, I do that. Okay. Yeah. Like let's let, I'm trying to sell mm-hmm. myself into a relationship right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I can do that. Yes, you, you know? can. But I think birthdays scare me. You know, the idea sure. that like this person needs a gift in September, mm-hmm. awful for but me. But gift giving for me is a, it's not about purchasing affection, which I think is the way people think about it, but it's about object permanence okay it's about saying when you were not in the room and i thought about you anyway and i thought about what you might need and then i got it for you wow okay that was great i'm gonna go read object permanence by nicole (laughs) seeley 
and think about how single I am now. <laughs> well, you know, for the record, Danette Smith looking for a husband. Yeah, looking for a husband, about to go weep. So let's do some thank yous and get on <laughs> out of here. <laughs> yes, who are you thanking today, Nezzy? Um, today, I would like to thank the cast of Drag Race Thailand for being the best show on television. Um, sorry, RuPaul's Drag Race, but the Thai girls got you beat. If you are out there and you are a Drag Race fan, or just a fan of drag as a mm-hmm. thing, Drag Race Thailand is some of the most exciting. Them bitches are good. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to give a little shout out to my boo, Malcolm Shanks. What's up, Malcolm Shanks? Yeah, Malcolm. Mostly because, uh, I mean, for many reasons, especially today, because um, they were one of the the first people to like encourage me to explore and experiment with drag. Mm. I think Malcolm might have been like the first person that I came out to in college too. Anyway, so they were there with me for like this journey for figuring out my own gender and who I was and stuff. And so thank you. Thank you, Malcolm. Oh, thank you, Malcolm. Also, you can holler if you want to. Thank you to the Poetry Foundation. Thank you to the Post Loudness. Thank you, Idelvi Noriega and our producer, Daniel Kisslinger. Um, and thank you to you all for continuing to listen. Please follow us on Twitter at BS The Podcast and make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you may listen to podcasts. And with that, y'all, we're going to get out of here. Y'all have a good day. Malcolm, call me. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Malcolm. I miss you. I miss you, too. <laughs> Bye.